The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, those of you who are on TikTok uh, may already be aware of this. For those who aren't, there's this video going around, several videos, where younger users on the platform are blaming energy drinks for giving them heart problems. And this all comes only a few weeks after the Welsh government floated the idea of banning sales of these drinks to under 16s on health grounds. So, what are the risks associated with them? Kira Wright of Glenville Nutrition is with me. Uh, Kira, you're very welcome to the show and thanks for taking the time to speak to us. What What is Hi, in Karen. these energy drinks? Well, um, some of them have different additives and things in them, but for the most part, I think the concern is around the combination of quite a bit of caffeine and then enormous amounts of sugar. So they're very stimulant. So there's and there's a whole bunch of them. And actually, there's a really nice info um, available from safefood.ie. And there's a bunch that are in around the kind of three, four teaspoons of of sugar. And I mean, there's probably more than that in a regular kind of Coke or a 7-Up or whatever. But then you go to the higher end of it and you're talking 14 to 17 teaspoons of sugar in one can. Well, sorry, a single can that you might get down in the local (laughs) corner shop or newsagent or supermarket could have 17 teaspoons of sugar in it. 17. And if you just like take a minute to visualize that, right, it also has the equivalent caffeine of two espressos. So imagine going down to your local coffee shop in the morning on your break and getting a double espresso and then putting 17 teaspoons of sugar into it. And then taking that and, and, and thinking that was okay. Yeah, I'm surprised that I'm surprised their hearts don't just explode on the spot <laughs> in the news agents when they drink them. Um, so all, all of this combined, can it lead to heart problems? What other problems might consuming that amount of sugar and caffeine all in one go lead to? Well, I mean, obviously there's a weight concern as such with that much sugar. And we've heard that, you know, beaten around for a long, long time. But I think when we're talking about maybe teenagers that are using it for school or for study or even before sports or whatever it is what happens is you get a you know you get a really big rush from it let's say so you get an increase in cortisol and all of those kind of things but it's it's leading to increased physical stress in your body and increased anxiety and i think we know that anxiety is pretty common in teens they have a pretty stressful life i think um, and then you're adding in something that's going to increase those feelings. They're going to interrupt their sleep. Like it's really bad from that point of view mm. in terms of your resilience to stress and, and what you're going through on a daily basis. Is there a safe amount of these type of drinks to consume? Well, I mean, that's one can. So unless no. you're going to share it between <laughs> no, 10 of you. No, the answer is it. <laughs> Um, interestingly, you know, the original, like Lucasaid, um, you know, if you compare it, it only has only, but it has four teaspoons of sugar and it only has the equivalent of, say, half an espresso. So, you know, if you were going to need a sugar boost before you go out and play a match or you go training or whatever, I'm not going to vilify sugar and say it's all terrible for you. It mm. is a very quick source of energy. So if you're going to go and run that energy off, you know, maybe a bit of Luxate is what you need or some kind of sugar source. But 17 teaspoons plus on, like with a double espresso is really, really a stressful stimulant on the body. Yeah, and I know, listen, lots of people kind of deep in a double marathon training at the moment would be consuming, you know, high sugar drinks, maybe en route and particularly on, on long runs and 
they need to replenish resources that they are uh, working yes. through on those runs. So uh, you're right, we don't want to vilify them completely. But I mean, one of the great marketing ploys of these companies ha- has been the use of the phrase energy drinks, isn't it? Because like energy, yeah. energy is a good thing. We all want energy. People people don't like low energy levels. So it kind of makes it sound like, almost like a, if a Mars bar had energy bar written on it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it is a, sh- like I said, a really good source of short term energy supply. So we do need carbohydrates and we do need sugars in our diet, but we just don't need that much in a drink that is very, very easy to absorb. So that sugar is going into your bloodstream you know, straight away. It's not hidden in a fruit bar, a fruit and nut healthy bar that's going to take you a slow amount of time to break down that energy. So if you're going to sit down and do an exam, study for the night or whatever, having carbohydrates in your dinner beforehand is going to help fuel your brain. Your, mm. your brain really likes carbohydrates. Um, it doesn't do well on low carbohydrate, low carbohydrate meals. If you need your brain to work straight away, you could easily have one of those healthy fruit and nut bars. I mean, if you look at the back of them, there's plenty of sugar in them, but it's high fiber, it's slow release. There's a few nutrients thrown in there for good measure. But this is just, it's almost like it's pure sugar, pure caffeine, probably with a bunch of like colors and additives and not great things in there. Um, And it's just far too much of everything. So interesting on the whole legislation that Wales are thinking about. I wonder what the cutoff is going to be, because how do you legislate what's okay and what's not? So do you say somewhere around the four to seven teaspoons is kind of regular and we can keep those, but anything, because there is a bit of a leap uh, on the, the main brands on the market that they go from seven teaspoons and less up to 14 to 17. Yeah, it w- yeah, it would be interesting. Uh, and as you say, it, it has only been floated, this uh, suggestion in Wales. So I'm not sure they've grappled with some of the finer detail like that, that you, you would have to work through. It strikes yeah. me as well. I mean, it, it's very much a young person's drink. I'm sure there's exceptions to the rule. But, you know, I, I struggle to picture too many people in their 40s and 50s walking around with, you know, cans of whatever it happens to be. Presumably. Yeah, presumably. there's always, as you say, exceptions. But... You know, I mean, younger people have a sweeter tooth anyway. They are they're more inclined to prefer sugary foods. That's why children like sugar. It's it's kind of set and hardwired into your brain. So there's lots of 14 year olds who would take one sip of that and think it's disgusting. Whereas there's yeah. plenty of young people who think it's probably delicious. And for sure they get a rush out of it. I mean, caffeine in itself is the most widely used stimulant in the entire world millions and millions and billions of people across the planet use caffeine as a stimulant on a daily basis whether it's caffeine whether it's coffee or tea and the reason we like it is not you know maybe you're a a real taste snob and that's fine but the other reason we like it is because it's a stimulant and it makes us feel good and it gives us energy so as you say everybody likes that feeling you wake up feeling groggy in the morning you have your coffee you feel ready to go ready to tackle the day but it's you know as with everything it's all about moderation if you were drinking six cups of coffee in the morning to get that stimulant feeling that wouldn't mm. be great for your health either. I, I, someone might accuse me of hypocrisy here because I'm literally holding a cup of coffee in my hand uh, while we speak, Kira. <laughs> but um, we, we'll gloss over that. Um, you, you mentioned it possibly leading to anxiety as well uh, amongst people. Explain that to me. 
So it's the increase. So the, the, the sugar and the caffeine, as I said, is a stimulant. And it's going to raise your stress hormones like cortisol. Now, we need a certain amount of stress hormone in our lives or else we'd never bother getting up and going to work. Right. So we need a certain amount of motivation and getting up and go. But when we go above a certain threshold, we perceive that as stress and we feel panic and anxiety. If you know, we all experience it on a daily basis. If your baseline level of stress is is moderate and you're managing it very, very well, then you get a slight panic in your stomach when you think, oh, my God, I forgot to send that email to my boss. Oh, I have to do something for tomorrow and I nearly forgot. And you get a little bit of a, a rush, a little bit of adrenaline. And that's fine. Like I said, it's a really good motivating factor. When you're on high alert a lot of the time, any kind of stimulus like that over the threshold can cause persistent feelings of panic and anxiety. And I think we all, you know, without laboring the point too much, you know, we've been through a pandemic. The teens have had a pretty rough time of it. And there is that increased incidence of what we might call hypervigilance. So we've been around danger signals for, you know, over two years. Our teens went through a really, really hard time. So they're probably at a higher threshold of stress than maybe in previous years. Mm. Add in these stimulants, caffeine disruption to their cortisol levels. And like I said, I think teens have very busy lifestyles with their long school days. They have commutes, they have sports, they have homework. Um, they do longer hours than some adults. Um, and to be upsetting their stress signals and cortisol balance during the day, I, I think can really contribute to persistent feelings of anxiety. Then. And, and, and if legislators could work their way through that detail and and come up with a, a kind of a sensible cutoff in terms of the amount of sugar or caffeine that might limit their sales, would you be in favour of something like that, Kira? Sure. I mean, I where does it end? When does the next can come out that has 25 um, teaspoons of sugar and three, you know, espresso worths of caffeine? Yeah. So there has to be maybe some sense to it. I do wonder where, you know, if you go into a pharmacy and you can't buy maybe two painkillers at the same time because they don't want you to take that much. Like, what's the difference between buying one can of Monster and a six pack of Coke? They, You know, if you drank all six Cokes, it might be the equivalent or whatever it might be. So how do they protect people mm. from that? I don't know if you can, but per volume, I mean, there there needs to be an end to it somewhere, I feel. Kira Wright is a nutritionist with Glenville Nutrition. Kira, pleasure as always. Thanks a million for joining us on the show. Ivan makes the point that your ability to taste sugar severely diminishes below three degrees Celsius. That's why those drinks are served so cold and they taste grossly sweet when warm. Somebody else says, as a construction worker, my colleagues are brutal for these energy drinks right across the age spectrum. Keep those texts coming. 53106. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.